With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. When a guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What up is my? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! This podcast is all over social media. So follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, Noel, first off, wanted to thank you guys, you and our good buddy, Matt Moderno, for holding down the fort last week uh, while I was on my little vacay. So quality stuff out of the show. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. Jack of many trades, sir. Of all trades, I guess is what the kids say. There are some <laughs> things that, that we're good at and some things we're not. Can't quite do the job that I do, but <laughs> oh, yeah. you did a serviceable job. Oh, okay? oh is that what? It, oh, man, that, that was kind of a backhanded <laughs> compliment, but thank you. Well, I, I want to keep my spot on the show, Noel. I got to bring you down to reality well, a little Moderno bit. and I were, after the show was over, mm-hmm. and we were talking about potentially moving you out. Oh, okay, cool. Slow transition. Then I'll just move over to Moderno's show with Larry Hughes. <laughs> there you we'll, go. We'll Win-win. It yeah. It's a good trade. It's like the Wall Westbrook <laughs> trade. Everybody wins, right? Everybody wins, yeah. No, but seriously, did great, and I uh, appreciate it, and went above and beyond there. So Thank you, sir. I, I was sad that I had to miss it. Anyway, a lot of news that day, too. I was I really know, pissed man. about I was, that. I got on. You couldn't be on, which which happens. And all of a sudden, I saw this laundry list of shit to talk about. I'm like, holy cow, man. It's tough doing it by yourself. I'll tell no you, d- trying to fill time. I don't know how these guys do three-hour shows on the radio on a day-to-day basis. Just they have a lot lap- of guests. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. You got to. And, you know, again, thanks to Matt for coming on and dividing up my voice a little bit because nobody wants to hear my voice for an hour. That's for damn sure. All right. But before we get... <laughs> Before we get into all the uh, the good news surrounding Washington sports over the weekend, how was your Christmas? It was good. It was good. Yeah. Pretty much the same as, you know, Thanksgiving was the the four of us did a little gift exchange. I got a few things, you know, it, which is not the normal out of my account. But, you know, right, it's the same. There, there was, it, were, it was the thought that counts, right? Mm-hmm. We FaceTimed with uh, mom and pop and the and the in-laws and, and we FaceTimed with you guys, too. It was like the new age way to do Christmas. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I tried to get off as quickly as I could. 
but <laughs> no, but it was it was fine. Yeah, it was just the five of us, including the mother-in-law. Yeah. Um. So good times. The five of us. <laughs> Oh, and her 15 dogs yeah. that she's brought. It's weird, though, just to go into that. Everything on TV now is this a word that I can go without is not social distancing or wearing a mask. Those phrases is back to normalcy. Oh, oh I haven't heard that one. Or, yeah, the new normal. Yeah, right? the new normal is the oh, my proper terminology oh, there. If I, if I hear that one more time. I'll show you what the fuck normal is. <laughs> well, I think just to play devil's advocate, I think there's so many people that don't give a shit about the new normal. That's why they are pushing that because you've got to kind of push yourself not to fall back into the standard norms right. and continue ruining the world, you know, or at least this country. So I did realize one thing also reflecting on Christmas time and the new year and Thanksgiving and not to be mushy or anything, but I do miss you guys. I really do a lot on a physical level, like seeing you guys, giving you guys a hug, seeing mom and pop. And it was tough during that time period to just see them on camera yet again. So let's get this shit over with. And it was a happy time. And then the weekend came and then we had fun with our DC franchises, which was even more uplifting. Yeah, let's get on to that. But I will say this from what you just said, it, it does suck. It absolutely does. And all I can do is is just hope that we get through this shit and people stop being idiots and do this all together. And hey, it could be a lot worse. It could be in the 90s and not have video chat. Right. So well, I look at it that way. You got to look at some of the positives here. And it's, you know, just getting through this season in one piece is the most important thing, especially for the older people. Right. And then once we get back together, then we'll drive each other nuts and not want to see each other again in no time. No, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> this has been a nice vacation for me. I'll tell you that one. Anyway. All right. Well, some news happened yesterday. Yeah, uh, man. I'm sure you've heard about it, but it happened. You know, I could see it coming. I think that we talked about it a little bit privately, but our good friend Dwayne Haskins was mercifully, the way I could put it there, is released yesterday afternoon after going 14 for 28, 154 yards passing, two picks, a lost fumble, and a QBR of 4.1 in yesterday's game. <laughs> and not a bad day. Not a bad day overall. But if you missed it, this was after a picture of, of Haskins surfaced on his fiance's Instagram. <laughs> You didn't mention that in your in your little rant there, which if they're still together, God help her for posting that picture on Instagram, on her own Instagram. Right. She took it, or at least somebody did. Well, she was next to him, but somebody did, and she thought it was good enough. Hey, let's post this damn thing. How fucking stupid are both of them, especially her? Yeah, I mean, I Jesus mean, Christ. It's, it's what I talked about and what we've talked about before. This is just... It's the new way things are done with this younger generation. They they don't even see the cameras. It's like a reality show. The first couple episodes of like Big Brother or Survivor and shit like that, you can see the awkwardness because the cameras are in their face. And then all of a sudden there's that comfort level and you don't even realize it's there. And eventually mm-hmm. you're just saying whatever the hell you want. You know, you're getting naked in front of the camera, whatever the hell it is. You don't even realize they're there anymore. And everybody in this generation does not realize the magnitude of what they're doing because everything is out there and it never goes away. They feel an obligation to document everything in their lives. Better or worse. Better Better or worse. worse. And you would think if you're going into the strip club or restaurant or wherever the hell they did this thing, if you believe Haskins' story, regardless, it doesn't really matter, but you would think that he'd be like, look, assholes, no cell phones. 
the guy is so unaware of his surroundings. It's sad. It really, he's so RG3. There's so many similarities here. And hey, he's gone. I, he's gone. That's all there is to it. It's, well, that's it's another a, similarity. His yeah, ass is yeah, gone. Yeah, his ass is gone, just <laughs> like him. And he had the owner in his back pocket if he wanted it, and he blew it. And all Haskins did was help Rivera's cause. That's it. Rivera wanted him out since day one. We can sit here and debate that based on the way Rivera treated him. At this point, I don't know what was going on behind the curtain, but it was apparent that Rivera didn't want him, and he just made it so easy for him. His level of play on the field, off the field, everything else, it was like, all right, man, hey, thank you. He silver plattered himself to be released by Rivera, which is all he wanted because there was serious criticism of Rivera by me, by everybody, by you, about what direction they were going, trying to bring back this one-legged old man even to take over Haskins' place. And all this did was just justify everything to Rivera's thoughts since day one. Well, obviously, uh, he was on to something. Yeah, no. And he saw him work every day or not work or whatever it was. We gave Rivera a lot of shit for all this. And he ended up being right. The guy, the guy's a child, Haskins. He's a fucking child. And you can't depend on this guy to make the right decisions. If he can't control himself enough for his second COVID infraction, what does that say about what he's doing behind the scenes? I could only imagine. Well, yeah. And I completely understand. But if he had performed well on the field on Sunday, would we be having a different conversation? My point is, is that his performance on the field, Rivera, like I said before in the podcast when I was by myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I heard it. My point is, is that Rivera had to play him out of sheer necessity, right? That's why he was still on the team because Alex Smith and the uncertainty of it. Haskins comes out, let's say he plays well and lights it up against Carolina. We're having a different discussion. That is what really got him released. He would have been released last week and never even had the opportunity in order to come out and showcase himself. Now he comes out, shits the bed, and it's like, all right, box checked. See ya. And that's the end of it. If he would have come out and kicked the shit out of Carolina, he'd be playing next week. So it's not all about the character. So we can't just say, oh, because he went to the strip club. All that did was just put him on the edge of a knife for the last time. And the Carolina performance sealed his fate. And I don't like that. We talked about this privately as well. And I understand that he thought that Dwayne was the best chance he had to win. But when your entire objective is to change his culture, but you don't release this asshole on his second COVID offense, including all the other things that I'm sure he's done behind the scenes that we don't even know about, you know, and I'm not saying he's a nutcase behind the scenes and like just telling guys to fuck off or whatever, like I'm the shit, just his lack of work ethic, his childlike behavior. This whole situation speaks volumes to me, and it makes sense in a way because he didn't want to affect the other guys on the roster by having a a subpar quarterback in there. But the irony is, don't forget about this. That was his excuse why he benched Haskins the first time, you know, was because he didn't want to affect the other players. So really, Haskins, he had a good second half against the Seahawks. I think, honestly, he played pretty well the whole game. But in this game, he just looked like he was totally lost. He didn't even want to be there. It was just a sad thing. And I'm sure, you know, he said it was the hardest week of his life. The second time he said that, the other time was the hardest time in his life. Now, this is even harder when he got benched. It keeps getting worse and worse for him. He just doesn't have it. I would have it. to say it was a pretty tough week on him. I mean, oh, yeah. that, he, that he had to go in that locker room and he had to go in front of his coach, which he already knows that doesn't want him there anyway. With his hat so, in his hand. Exactly. With hat in hand and say, look, sorry, buddy. Um... We good? 
And then he says, yeah, man, I, I got no one. So you're my guy. <laughs> and that has to be a tough place to be. And an, you want to talk about an awkward situation that pressure filled as fuck too. everybody knows the elephant in the room that the only reason why you're playing is because there's nobody else right now. And that's tough. That's tough on him. It had to have been a pressure-filled situation, and on the other guys, it's like he's just playing by proxy. That's it. He had to have known that this was his last chance, yeah. his last hurrah, and that's what made it tough. Oh, absolutely, and that's I'm sure had a lot to do with how <laughs> how shitty he played. And you made a comment on this. How sad was it when he went out there and oh weird? God. I'm watching the game, right? The Heineke and situation, yeah, and then, and then he, <laughs> on, it's fourth and eighteen, right? And there's a timeout or whatever, and then Haskins comes out on the field. I said. Did something happen to uh, Heineke or, or? I thought they were going to take him because he has a bigger arm yeah, or something. And I, like, I was throw like, what the it fuck in? is going on here? And then all of a sudden he comes out and gives Heineke a pad on the helmet. I'm like, what the hell? Is, get, was, get your ass was on the s- sideline, dude. <laughs> you could have gotten a flag for that. Well, I think that he was just so broken at that point and trying to make one last ditch effort. It's, it's like, such it, a it's such a child move, though. It's like, see, guys, I like people. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a leader. You could take the C off my chest, but I here you go, Heineke. Yeah. I mean, what, it, a, what a fucking joke yeah i don't think he did it with malintent to see like see guys i like you said i think it's a pure immaturity thing like a kid that knows that his parents are mad at him so finally after weeks of being asked he like cleans his room on his own on his own (laughs) and then he hands you the report card and there's three d's on it (laughs) right that was such such a sad state of affairs for him at that moment i felt bad but everything that he's done he's done it to himself did he get a raw deal in a few cases with washington absolutely it was a marriage made in hell it was one of those out of the game it was one of those quick drunk marriages in vegas (laughs) <laughs> and then you get back home and you realize you got to go to work and you get and you're coming home and you're sober and you're like, wow, this is what I married. This is it. <laughs> this is where I'm at. Bye. It, well, th- this wasn't even a divorce. It was an annulment. And let's not forget who made this decision on this annulment. Your best friend, Dan Snyder, pushed for this guy and uh, he just needs to stay out of shit. Just completely stay out of shit. The football people did not want him. He, they did not have him graded as a first rounder and could have gotten Montez Sweat in the 15th overall pick, not traded away two second rounders. That's your argument. They could have done both. They could have gotten somebody worth a shit at that pick and then gotten Montez and traded up there. There's a million scenarios that could have happened. Haskins just didn't work out. It happens. Rosen was another guy. He's in that mix of guys that kind of got stuck in a bad situation initially, whether it was on themselves or whether it was the organization. And now they're out there in limbo. And um, who knows? I said before, and I'm not as fired up as I was the last time, but sorry, Dwayne. I rooted for you and you fucked yourself. So, vaya con Dios. Yeah, it's a shame. Kind of a cold statement from uh, Ron Rivera here. He's quoted saying, I told him that I believe it benefits both parties that we go our separate ways. We want to thank Dwayne for his contributions these last two seasons, and I wish him well moving forward. End quote. And that was it. He didn't even write that. Yeah, well, probably not. That's a presser, and that's your firing an employee. Thank you for your service. Bye. Yeah. That's it. That's one of those. They didn't even have to type that up. That's one that that's, has like, like a rubber stamp on it. And boom. And Rivera pretty much in his press conference prior to him getting released, writing was on the wall for him there. But that game was a perfect storm. That week was a perfect storm for Rivera to get rid of Haskins. Strip club played like shit. 
Heineke comes in and lights it up as best he could in the last nine minutes of the game. It was a perfect storm for Rivera to come out and say, I'm the man, told you so, this is what's going to happen, and nobody's going to question me on it. Things could not have laid out better for Rivera to make this release than they did. Did you see what Haskins tweeted out? Yeah, I saw it. If anybody hasn't seen it. My time with the Washington football team has unfortunately come to an end. I thank the team and fans for the opportunity to play for the team I grew up rooting for. I take full responsibility for not meeting the standards of an NFL QB and will become a better man and player because of this experience. God, that Haskins, such a humble guy. His press conference. What do you want him I mean, to say? <laughs> do you want him to tell him, hey, fuck off? At this point in time, he needs to save himself for the future, too, regardless if he doesn't believe anything that he wrote down. Let's just say for our sake of argument that he doesn't, which part of him, I think even the biggest asshole has to be humbled by the situation based on his performance on the field, based on, I'm sure, how his teammates reacted to him after the fact. All of that, even if it's 1% of humbleness, he had to have had a little bit of it. This is the right thing that he needed to write to move on. Well, he got humbled, for sure. That's for sure. humble. What about Chase Young being a captain over Alex Smith? That was kind of surprising to me. I thought that he would have, after Haskins got stripped, you know, then it would have automatically gone to, to Alex. I guess they did the vote, but that kind of speaks volumes. Have a lot of these guys, besides the aura and the nostalgia of Alex Smith, really sat down and talked to this dude? The guy's been limping around the locker room for a year and a half. They know his story. They know the inspiration, but he came in. He did what a professional quarterback does, and he's the consummate professional. But has he really created a not even any fault of necessarily his own based on his injuries? But how much of a bond could he have possibly made with COVID, with his injuries, with the second injury that he's had? I don't know on a day to day, but I wouldn't see that many opportunities that he's been around these guys to sit there and have private conversations, to be just bullshitting around with the boys. Yeah, I guess I was just kind of surprised that there's this big thing from the outsider's perspective, how respected he is, how everybody loves him, right? all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, give it to the rookie. I don't know. It was kind of a, a surprising move to me. I understand that Chase Young's a fucking monster, but to give him... That captain spot, I don't know. That kind of, like you said, I mean, it's kind of speaks volumes about the relationship that he has with, with his teammates. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that in. Well, right. congratulations to Chase regardless. He's getting all the accolades this year, man. I know. Most of them deservedly so. And one of the few that played like a complete beast in the game that we're about to talk about. Yes, we are. One Let's the, get to one that of the game. few fucking positives. It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score, but you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With Boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to Boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code BROS20 to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes. We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs. And for the big game, that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to Boxes.com for more info or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. Well, real quick, if you don't know, even with Sunday's loss... Washington still controls their own destiny and just has to win against the Eagles, and they've won the NFC East. If they lose, they are out. Simple as that. Also, this Sunday's game has been flexed to Sunday Night Football on NBC, so uh, 
I don't know. That's great, I guess. Uh, <laughs> just some added pressure. No big deal for the world to see. But um, okay, so let's start with some negatives. And there were a lot. Some. So all of them, if yeah. you'd like. There were a lot. If you'd like to start, Noel, go for it. Again, this start reminded me of a big game under the Gruden reign and came out flat. Flat as a fucking pancake. I mean, came out like they didn't even know that they were playing football. And that was just unacceptable. And it was on both sides of the ball. Defensively, flat, giving up everything. No pressure on Bridgewater. Davis running down their throat. It was just all the same shit. You guys are playing for a division title. Deserving of it or not. Come out with some sense of urgency, man. And they just came out and just goose egg right off the bat. It was so typical Washington. It feel like it doesn't matter who the coach is, what the name is, what year it is these days. Who's on the team. Who's on the team. Who's the coach. It's the same shit. Big platform. Big opportunity. Jack shit. Yeah. They could have rested next week, even at seven and nine. Who gives a shit if they win that game? Oh, God. It was a bye week. It was a bye week. Could have gotten Alex Smith fully healthy, ready to go. My negatives. Oh, I've got more, but yeah, that that's just the start. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, my <laughs> negatives, I got I got a laundry list. Fucking Haskins. I mean, that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what else can you say? I'm not going to get into that shit again, but the defense couldn't stop the run again. This is a major, major problem if they are, even if they're lucky enough to make the playoffs, this is going to be their eventual downfall. They can't stop the run. If a team wants to run against them, they will run. And if there's a team out there that is run heavy, they have no chance until they get this shit together. I think it's not just the defensive line, it's the linebackers. They can't do it. And um, they got to get that shit fixed in the offseason. I just don't think they have the players to do it right now. They couldn't get off the field. Time of possession, over 35 minutes, over 24. And don't forget, though, this is one of those situations. They turned the ball over four times in the first half. So they had a ton of short fields, the Panthers, I mean and the muff punt for a touchdown. So they had no excuse to be beat out of time of possession right. in this game. None. <laughs> yeah. But yet they got crushed by over 10 minutes. This is one of those games when you have that many turnovers, you should at the very least have the time of possession up. And they still had a chance to win, incredibly. But And as I mentioned, the muff punt brings it to my next point. Mr. Steven Sims Jr. This motherfucker, we've been talking about him for weeks. He finally fucking did it. And I would say it wasn't the only reason, but if that didn't happen, it could have been a much different result not a reliable receiver. He may have single-handedly lost this game for him. Um, not to mention the field position, not just the muff punt. How many of those fucking punts did he just not catch? And then the ball bounces inside the 10-yard oh, line. Oh, God, the last one at the end of the game was critical. He allowed to critical. bounce it and end up going to the five, and they had to drive down the field. He's got to go. He's got. He's, he's, gotta, he's done, man. He's done. Or just, he can't dress. There's got to be a better option out there for a punt returner. And if he's out there again, I don't know what to say. Fire the special teams coach for one. But anyway, I'm done with him. Well, I said before, and I said on the preview show that Carolina wasn't going to win the game. Washington was going to lose it. And that's exactly what happened. Now, one part that I didn't expect and one major factor that I didn't expect, and I you'd never use this as an excuse. I really don't because you still have to play the game. The refs were absolutely... Oh abysmal. Somebody got rich. And ironically enough, I said it on the previous show too. Apparently the name change doesn't mean shit because this team is still getting a raw deal. 
The refs were completely one-sided in the game. The first going to the Haskins part. That was the only drive worth a shit that was happening. And they called that incomplete pass a fumble. They didn't even look at the damn thing. I don't think they did. I think they said that was an unreviewable play, didn't they? Something like that. Regardless, it was a bad call. The announcers were shocked by everybody was. They didn't even bring on like the ref announcer guy to do it because it was so black and white. You know how they bring him on like, what did you think of this play to like the former ref guy? Yeah. They didn't even bring him on. That's how confident that they were that this shit was going to get overturned. That play, Mm -hmm. play after play during the game, I'm screaming at the television is because these refs were not blowing the whistle. Guys were getting killed out there and they were delaying whistle blows. Guys caught in the backfield getting held up by three guys. The one that they decide to do it is the fumble. They create the fumble, critical play. Washington picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. Fine. They blew the whistle, call it a dead ball on the fumble, and they get it at the Carolina 30. Something. You know what happens? Nope. Sorry. Dead ball. And then that asshole decides the ref guy from CBS, he's like, he was being held up. The guy was still moving forward. It's the safety of the players is what he said. He was engaged and his ankle was being held for a second. First off, the fumble happened before the whistle blew. Yep. Okay, fine. If it had happened, even if they did a quick whistle, And like, really? Like, let the guy try to finish off the play a little bit. He fumbled it before the whistle happened. Horrible. And they were commending the refs for letting these plays play out without blowing the whistle. It was so funny. And then that one. Oh, no. Perfect timing on the whistle. I mean, are you shitting me right now? That was such a backbreaking no call. Oh, my gosh. Huge, man. That would have been a touchdown. Like you said, even if it was at the 30, it's better than what they got. Absolutely. And lastly, with the refs, Carolina, the first penalty that they had in the game, and it was a huge one. It was the fourth quarter final drive. They got the defensive holding call. You mean to tell me an entire fucking game went by? There were like five minutes left in the game and Carolina didn't have a single penalty. There wasn't a holding call. Nothing. How many holding calls do we see on that defensive line? Oh my God. Every single week. And then not a one. And speaking of holding, the critical holding call on the Logan Thomas touchdown. What a fucking throw by Heineke, by the way. The whole fucking play was incredible. Incredible. That bullshit holding call? He rolls out. The guy puts his arm up in the air like Kerrigan has made a career on putting his arm up. He didn't get touched. He had him inside the pads oh exactly where you're supposed to it be. Was, and he puts his arm up. It must be a hole. Really? That was the nail in the coffin because at that point, they would have scored plenty of time left on the clock, three timeouts, everything. I think there was like a little under five minutes, right. three timeouts, plus a two minute warning. Right. And you know Carolina was just going to run three straight Absolutely. times. Give me a fucking break. So <sighs> thank you, refs. You won the game. Washington didn't do themselves any favors. No, they absolutely played like shit not. Up until the, the fourth quarter, really. I mean, the defense picked it up in the second half per the norm. But that was quite possibly the, the worst officiated game I've ever seen. Yes. And I'm not being overdramatic there. This isn't Homer shit. No. I talked to people at work, a couple of them that are Carolina fans that said the refs were awful. Yeah, because they probably wanted them to lose to get a better draft spot. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so they'll actually admit it. But my God, man, I couldn't believe it. And if you're going to suck, just at least suck on both sides, please. I will say this. You're going to disagree with me, but I, I rewatched that Haskins fumble throw a couple times. I can see where they could say that that was a fumble. The ball was moving in his hand and then he kind of shot put it. 
Now, if it was called on the field, I don't think they would have overturned it if it was a, a, an incomplete pass. But I can kind of understand because if you look at it again, it was moving in his hand when he got hit and then he shot put the moving ball. I don't think it was enough to overturn if an incomplete pass is called on the field. But even taking that out of the equation, they didn't score. Carolina still punted after that. Right. Those two massive no calls, the holding call and then the fumble that they didn't call as a fumble, along with Steven Sims fumble, lost the game for him. Sure, so. sure. That one I can even put, like you said, I, I'll agree with you to a certain extent. There's a little bit of a gray area on that Haskins one, and there was no harm, no foul. The only shame to that turnover was that was the first and really only drive that Haskins looked okay and they were looking like they were putting something together. Right. And that was the shame in it. Beyond that, the other ones were detrimental. That one wasn't critical to the game, but it was just a horrible call to me. Absolutely yeah. devastating, those other. And they couldn't have timed it any better. Yeah. And I think personally, I don't want to act like this is a uh, conspiracy theory kind of thing, but I would venture to, to say that Roger Goodell does not want this team in the playoffs. Well, that's exactly what a conspiracy is. That okay. is a conspiracy well, theory. <laughs> well, okay, then it's a conspiracy no, theory. I don't. No shit, man. I believe you. I'm not going to argue with Snyder with you right now, you know, the Snyder thing, but truthfully, he's embarrassed the NFL one too many times. And now you got this other thing that he paid off the woman and, and, and all that shit. Crazier things have happened, Look, Noel. Let's take that off the table real quick. Who would the NFL rather have in the playoffs? Cowboys. Cowboys or the Giants or Washington. Washington's odd man out any day of the week and twice on Sunday, my friend. Taking Snyder's controversial bullshit off the table, that's what it's about. It's about ratings. And Goodell, taking your conspiracy theory at face value, that's what it would be about. That's why he moved the Washington game to begin with, to make the Dallas-Philadelphia game relevant. I, I, that's the only reason. Surprisingly enough, Washington's playing on Sunday night, probably because they were the fourth or fifth option. <laughs> I went down the list with you of games that were better. I mean, they got vetoed for sure. Yeah, but come on. Everybody's Dallas picked that Dallas. they would want to be in, no matter how shitty they are. It's America's team. America. Yeah, well. So that's what it's about. To, to hell with the other stuff in the legal Little issues. from column A, little from column B, Noel. I'm yeah. telling you right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, those calls were so damn blatant that something had to be behind that. And, and not just about that the refs are getting paid. Roger made the call. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I think it's just like in the NBA. You have certain guys and certain vibes with referees that you know this ref, you're going to have a long day with them. On this, it's just a team level. When I see a ref out on a court during a Wizards game, I'm like, it's going to be a long night for them. There are going to be a lot of fouls called tonight. Mm -hmm. Okay? There's just something, that, or a ref doesn't like a player, whether it be, I mean, there's only certain guys that get calls from every ref, like LeBron and guys like that. But there are certain refs that you do not want to have because they just have that relationship. Hell, Barkley had wars with half the damn league of refs. You know that they called fouls on him just because they didn't like the dude. So there's a personal level on this thing, too, with the refs. And if it comes from the top down, like you said, with Goodell or from the head of the referee department, whatever the hell it is, why not? We yeah. don't want this team in. Hey, help Carolina out a little bit, all right? And then we talked about this as well. To even out the score a little bit. Oh, yeah. Throw out that bullshit uh, roughing the passer call after he scored the fucking touchdown. Yeah. So they can accept that and it shows up in the box score that they actually did call a couple uh, penalties on. Him. Right. Nicely the meaningless done. penalty at the end that shows it on the stat sheet. Yeah. On the kickoff. On the yeah, kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Applied on the oh, kickoff. No, no, no. I'm sorry. On the onside kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because so like they got... <laughs> 
<laughs> but God, you know, getting back show. to the, getting back to the game because we yeah. harped on the refs for a bit there. Well, I think it needed to be it said. Did, it did. But you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. They had success running the ball initially. Gibson had you know ten times for like sixty yards. Peyton Barber, McKissick, they were running the ball okay. And then you just abandon it. This ratio of running to passing has to move to the middle. I know they were down in the game, so the stats are skewed to a certain extent on the attempts of the pass. But they weren't down that much. They weren't to down have that to much, running. man. They weren't down. Especially when you have a quarterback who can't hit the broad side of a barn. You would think that if you're running successfully, just fucking do it. Right. Especially when their team is running it down your throats as well. And that's why you were saying before, even with the turnovers and with the muffed punt and everything else, the time of possession was skewed and they were getting dominated time and possession wise because Washington was passing the ball all over the place and there's no reason for it. They have to allow this defense to be the defense that they are. And you can't continue to rely every single time. Imagine the pressure on a defense when you know that your offense is not going to do anything, that you're just happy if they go out there and get a first down. Just give you a breather. To give you a breather. And you don't even take your helmet off when you go to the sideline because you know you're probably going to be out there in three plays. You don't even have an opportunity to look at the damn iPad to see what the hell is going on because you're going to be out on the field in two seconds anyway. It's such a pressure-filled situation for the defense. I just don't understand it. Scott Turner, like I've said, I really believe that he's in over his head. Yes, Heineke showed, I guess, what this offense can do if giving the right passes and doing the right things. He's Gruden's McCoy. He is. You know? He is. <laughs> I want to show him what we can do if it's run properly. I just think that based on the fact that this team can produce no offense – they're not using the right avenue of offense in order to help their defense. They're just not. After Gibson went, I mean, that was basically all in the first half, by the way. Yeah. I think they ran 15 of 16 plays were passing plays right. after he ran for 61 fucking yards in the first half. Guy averaged over six yards a carry. They were rolling. But yet you throw it 15 times with Haskins, the guy who threw two picks and fumbled another one. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense. No. And why do you feel obligated to run? There was so much time left in the game. You don't need to force the issue. And now, in fairness, coming out of the third quarter, they gave up an eight-minute drive, even though it ended up in a fumble. But Carolina was rolling. Yep. And they couldn't get off the damn field. And then Chase Young came up with that fumble. But and then at that point, I kind of understand, like, shit, we don't have a lot of time here. We're down by 17 points. Even though the defense only gave up actually 13 points, the time of possession was a killer. In hindsight, it's easy to do it that way. I really wish that they would have made the change at halftime for Heineke. You said it actually prior to that. Yeah. Actually, at halftime, we were texting back and what forth. Was the, said, what was the purpose? I mean, what did Haskins show in the first half? Yes, he showed life against Seattle in the second half. Maybe he could have lightning in the bottle again and bring them back. They'll move the pace of the ball up the field a little bit more, due to, go to Haskins' strengths, whatever it is in the second half. But he was abysmal in the first half. Abysmal. Again, why aren't they playing to his strengths? I know he's gone, but you know he can play well in a two-minute offense. And you're down 17 points anyway. They were lumbering around, yeah. huddling up. If you want to win the fucking game, at least play to the guy's strengths. Right. And I feel like they did that with Heineke. And I, and, well, they had to. Well, yeah, they had to. But also, I don't know about you, and but for me, I felt that offensive line was walking a hell of a lot better for Heineke than it was for Haskins. All of a sudden, They were playing soft, too, though. In, well, in regardless of that, I don't give a shit. They weren't playing soft. They were bringing some guys, and Burns oh, couldn't be blocked. Oh, they were bringing some heat, the too, but they were also bringing Burns were playing couldn't soft. be blocked the entire game. Matt 
okay? He was on Haskins' ass the entire freaking game. Nobody could block him. Whether well, he was didn't on, he get hurt? He got hurt, came back, hurt his yeah. shoulder, came back again, hurt his shoulder with his arm on Heineke. I mean, yeah, Heineke made some great plays. He scurried around. That guy's got that little boy's got a little some speed on him. But he's got a little something. He, I'll tell you one thing. But he had the opportunity to look down the field a few times where the pocket was beautiful. No, understood. But yeah. I'm saying they were playing soft. Yeah. But he was still throwing it down the field. He was throwing over the soft coverage. Sure. So that in itself was actually very impressive to me. Are you done with negatives? Do you want to move to positives? <laughs> I want to talk about some positives here if we could. Well, yeah, a positive is. Chase Young again. Beast. He almost single-handedly won that game. He almost single-handedly won. I am putting him in the category impact on games, especially rookie season. Everybody, I know it was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. You need to look at the footage of Lawrence Taylor first season. They weren't a good football team, but he brought a culture to the defense and he made impact plays that won and lost games and created a culture on the defensive side of the ball to make a difference. I'm telling you, man, there are so many similarities that Lawrence Taylor basically single-handedly won games for the Giants, and I'm seeing that out of Chase, and it's it's impressive to see, and I'm so happy to have him on the football team, man. It's going to be so fun to watch him for years. He had a sack, force fumble, his own force fumble recovery, tip ball that got picked. The guy's incredible. Yeah. He genuinely did everything he possibly could to put them in a good position to win that game, and just fell short, but... God willing, he's only going to get better, Yeah, stay injury-free, all that stuff. But if he stays at this trajectory, I mean, he's going to be the best defensive player in the league. Oh, yeah. He's already getting there, man. He's already has the impact, like I said, to be a difference maker on every single play. And he has that fire, motivated. He's screaming on the sidelines. He does all those characteristics that it takes to be a great player. He's doing them. And uh, it's a shame because he worked his ass off in that game. You could see it. He wanted that game so bad for his team. So bad. And he, it looked like he wanted to murder Haskins, yeah. by the way. It looked like he wanted to rip his heart out. Yeah. <laughs> and he was asked about it after the game. And he's just like, he was just disgusted with that fucking guy. Disgusted. Which I love. Because it shows that he's not a scumbag. Like his fellow Ohio State brethren there. But <laughs> right. Anyway. There's a few of them out there. I'll say a positive. Sure, go for it. Antonio Gibson. We already talked about him. But it was so great to see him back. He just brings a, a different element. He didn't look like he missed a beat. As we said, he went 10 for 61, average six yards of carry, all in the, in the first half. Just stopped running the ball. But he's got a bright future ahead, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of his, and I was thrilled to see him back. I just want them to actually stick Yeah, to that's him. the only negative is they didn't use him enough. But it looked yeah. like he got a little hobbled at one point, and I don't know. He came back in the game. I know that, but I don't know if that was concerning to them. But hey, man, these are playoff games. We ain't got time to nickel and dime bullshit. If the guy can play, let him play. He's a rookie. Turf toes are very no. tricky. One of the most hobbling injuries, and th those things can take a year to heal. And yeah. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is they were willing to put him back on the field. Use him. If he's out there, use him. W what do you got him out? And it's not like he wasn't effective. You know, and this is the first time I've seen Scott Turner when they've run very effectively at the beginning of the game and they just completely abandon it. Yeah. Usually it's like, we've talked about it before, he'll run like five times, he gets stuffed, and it's like, all right, time to throw. But this time they were crushing them. The offensive line was moving the ball. The whole offense was moving with them. And, and especially with your shitty quarterback situation, do what works for the love of God. Absolutely. I'm going to go to one more thing. And I said this on the previous podcast. 
I really wish just Washington would have given me a week off. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Fuck the team. I need a week off. <laughs> you know, I couldn't have just sat down and watched the Eagles game and said, and it would have made life so much easier for them. They could have evaluated Heineke. He could have played again, given Alex Smith another week off if he needs it. Regardless, even if he doesn't need it, say, dude, sit out. We got you for the playoff game. Do your thing. Or even play him for a couple series like a preseason Whatever. game. Just to, just to get but, him like... But Heineke, this would have been a great opportunity to evaluate him to see if it wasn't just a flash in the pan thing, a guy off the bench, against Carolina coverage, a, a, yeah. against a team that didn't plan for you, A, B, and C. We even saw that of guys like Josh Johnson that did that for a half, you know, shit like that. So we would have seen if it was just a flash in the pan thing or this was a legitimate thing. Hey, man, we've got something here to spark us for the remainder if needed. If we're in a pinch, if Alex Smith can't come back, we've got what we need right now. And now they're playing a playoff game against the Eagles. Don't know what you're going to get. And now you're going to have to battle. And the Eagles are going to come out for blood. I know that they are. And just like Carolina... They're going to come out with nothing to lose, and there's nothing more dangerous. You were asking me yesterday, would you rather have played the Eagles if they were playing for the playoff spot or if they were playing with nothing to lose? I would have rather played them with a playoff spot because they are playing for something to lose. They're not going to go for those stupid fourth down plays. You're like, you fucking kidding me? You're going for for, on fourth and six at your own 45? Oh, the Eagles do that shit anyway. Believe me. With a rookie quarterback and all that, they wouldn't have gone for it on every single time that they're good. You think that that, that, that asshole on the Eagles sideline is crazy during regular games? Imagine when you got nothing to lose. That guy's going to be throwing everything at you in the kitchen sink in order to make the Eagles win this game and fuck over Washington. Believe me. No, no, no. I, I agree, but... I think if it's a lesser of two evils, they just got crushed by the Cowboys. Their hearts are ripped out. They're done. They know they have no chance. Look, it's a dangerous game one way or the other. But I think that if they have nothing to play for and they just got destroyed the prior week and they actually had a glimmer of hope if they beat the Cowboys, I don't know. I think this is a better situation. It, look, I totally disagree with you. Well, I don't okay. think well. an Eagles team, they're professional athletes, and you've got a rookie quarterback that still thinks he's playing for his job, is going to come out and be like, oh, we got our ass kicked. So, And they're already looking at their plane tickets to Hawaii. I mean, come on, Matt. That happens all the time. It ain't going to happen in this game. Did it happen against um, when Washington with Kirk played the Giants? Did well, it happen that was because, then? Oh. That was, that was because they shit the bed, and also the Giants played their starters the entire game. The Eagles are going to play their starters, Matt. Oh, of course they okay, are. Okay, so what are we talking about then? The Giants were really good that year. The Eagles aren't. Neither is Washington, but I'm just saying. My point is, is it's that a they stupid put them, conversation. Uh, you know, it's it's a lesser of two evils. You you disagree. My point is, is that they put themselves between a rock and a hard place now against a team that is playing for nothing and playing with nothing to lose, and I just wanted the week off. That's no. all. I just wanted a week to... I to- could, hey, we're in total agreement there, okay? <laughs> but in fairness, Terry McLaurin didn't play. It's yeah. obviously a massive loss. I mean, we knew it would be, right. but you know, Cam Sims, much as we like him, he is not a number one receiver. And um, my next point actually was a negative is wide receivers dropped too many fucking balls in that game. Yeah. And that seems to be happening anyway. Even Terry was dropping some stuff even the last few weeks. But still on the positives, Ronald Darby. He played his ass off in that game. You know, we were making fun of him <laughs> over the offseason. Why the hell would you get this injury-prone guy? He's, we'll be lucky if you get three games out of him. He's gotten better and better throughout the year, and he's probably going to get paid this year. I don't know if it's going to be by Washington, but he, he'll get paid again. He bet on himself, and he he's had a, a really good year, and yeah. we don't talk enough about him. No, absolutely. And then finally, 
my positive, Taylor Heineke. This may be a flash in the pan, but you can see he's got something there. You know, he he has a feel for the game that a lot of people don't have that, that are in his position. The guy walked in the game with nine minutes to go, down 14 points, and he just started slinging it, started bombing on soft coverage. He's making some amazing throws that very like, trust me, I'm not comparing, but it was very Drew Brees-like, young Drew Brees, getting out of the pocket, making quick throws. I mean, he was dropping dimes right out of the gate, and that's got to be a very difficult situation to be in to say the least. And he started like on his own five and almost drove them 95 yards, which should have been a touchdown. Cam Sims dropped that bomb over the top. Not an easy catch, but we wouldn't have had to worry about the holding call at that point. So I was just really impressed. And we went 12 for 19, 137 yards, a touchdown in under nine minutes, almost exceeded Haskins for the entire game. And you can say the soft coverage thing, most of his throws weren't underneath. He was hitting into the teeth of the defense and throwing over the top. I was just impressed by him. Yeah, no, and with his feet too. Yeah. He played a nice little quarter of football, less than, and he might have to play again. We'll see. And uh, hopefully it translates over to the next game. And I think that there was a rejuvenation when Haskins went out. I think just on all facets of things that there was a fight that came back. And I hopefully that that carries over to the Eagles game and we don't have to be having this discussion about negatives and positives and we can just look forward to the playoffs because I'd like to see him get in and I don't think they're going to do much. But I think that if Heineke can play serviceable in the in the Eagles game, he's competent. Well, he looks to his second receiver, that's for sure. He doesn't yeah. just stare down the first guy. He has that option of running with his feet too and he knows when to get rid of the ball. He's not afraid to dink and dunk if he has to, which we could see that. And he does have a problem to let her rip too, though, which was which no, I like. absolutely. Look, he, I, I, let, look, let's slow down with the letting it rip. It was a no, lip no, no, dick well, ball, well, just like Alex Smith ball. But let, let's slow down. Rip. He throws a rip. nice rip, meaning a deep ball. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. When he came in, nobody was expecting anything sure, out of him sure. anyway. So it was just like fuck it, let's see what happens. No, it was fun. It, it was fun, and you know he's got the percentages against him. He's an undrafted rookie that's gonna that came in. How many undrafted rookies make a career in the NFL? Not very many. And this could be a total flash in the pan. And he could look like an undrafted rookie next week if he actually plays. And more more likely than not, he will. But you know we can dream if he can piece another game together to get him in the dance. He can have a Heineke on me. <laughs> There you go. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks for joining us again, and we will see you on Friday.